West Virginia Writers Podcast bonus episode number four. Hola, listeners, and welcome to another bonus show for the West Virginia Writers Podcast, this one being number four. Well, as you may have gathered from listening to last week's episode, which I take that you did, my wife and I spent a goodly part of last week in Austin, Texas, stuffing as much Tex-Mex into our gobs as we could possibly fit there. While we were gone, my usual bonus show co-host was staying at the Doggy Spa, or, as she probably thinks of it, Doggy Jail, which is to say, a kennel. While she was there, she picked up a really lovely case of kennel cough, and is now sick as a dog, so I don't think she's going to be joining us for today's show. Instead, today we're going to play a couple of outtakes from episode 12 of the podcast, which featured an interview with our composer of the theme music for the show, Mr. Pops Walker. I had a bit of recent news from Pops, who wrote me to pass along the results of the Shenandoah Valley Acoustic Roots Fest and Songwriting Contest. Now, for those of you who heard episode 12, which I take that you did, we talked a bit about that contest, which Pops was heavily involved in organizing, along with an organization he helped form called Performing Arts of Luray. The goal of this contest was to find new songwriters who write acoustic roots music, which one might think of as a hybrid between blues, country, folk, and bluegrass, or maybe a style located somewhere in between all of those points on a map. Now, I just told them you weren't going to interrupt me, and here you are. What's your problem? Did you want to talk about the songwriting contest? You didn't? What about Performing Arts of Luray? What about some of the clips we're going to play of Pops Walker here on the show today? Poor little dog. Feeling kind of hoarse. As I was saying, the top ten finalists in the contest performed live at the BB&T Performing Arts Center in Luray, Virginia on October 3rd. And after their performance, the finalists were judged, and I'm pleased to be able to announce the winners right now. First place went to Brian Elijah Smith of Dayton, Virginia, for his song, The Other Side of Town. Brian won $500, six hours of studio time, and a future gig with Performing Arts of Luray. Second place went to Judith Avers of Weirton, West Virginia, for her song, Raining. Judith won $300 and a guaranteed future booking. And third place went to Con Birch of Fort Valley, Virginia, for her song, Maybe Someday. Con won $200. Pops has sent along a note asking those of you who are interested in future Acoustic Roots contests to be on the lookout for news about next year's show and competition. Details are forthcoming at popswalker.com and performingartsluray.org. On to the outtakes. We had a couple of dip... Excuse me, I'm trying to do the show here. If you don't mind. You're supposed to be sick. You're supposed to be resting your vocal cords because you have bronchitis. Okay? Now go lay down. Be sweet, dog. Well, just knock everything off, why don't you? On to the outtakes. We had a couple of different outtakes from episode 12, and these were cut for time considerations. The first one I'm going to play is a portion of the interview where we expand upon a section of Pop's bio on his website where he describes an event that he alluded to from his life as being another story for another time. The second cut is musical in nature. In the original episode, I wound up only having time to play the theme song Pops wrote for the Mountain Whispers audiobook adaptation of Lee Maynard's Crumb. The other song I'd intended to play is from Pops' album Milepost 5, and is a song called The Best I Can. Now, it may sound familiar to you, as we've actually used parts of it as transitional music here on the podcast. So, the, I, I was looking over your bio on the website, and 
I understand you, you worked as a paralegal for the U.S. Army as part of your, your service with, with military and were in the Pentagon during the 9-11 attacks. And your website bio basically says that's another story, but it's not one that I've heard, and I doubt our, our listeners would, would have heard it. Is uh, what, what is the story there? Would you care to tell it? Sure. Um, my first gig at the Pentagon, I worked in the Pentagon. Uh, I was like early 90s. You know. I did a good job. I was telling I work, you know, where do you want to go from here? You can have anywhere you want to go. So I picked Hawaii. Gave my, gave my lady the gift of Hawaii. <clears throat> we did a couple of years. It was supposed to be four, but <laughs> somebody needed a favor. They asked me to come back and help. <clears throat> so I said, all right. But when we get back there, the Pentagon's going and going for renovation. So instead of uh, the, the TJAG, you know, the Judge Advocate General's office being in the Pentagon right now, it's right down the road in a business area called Roslyn. And <clears throat> I went on for about a year or so, and when they had that particular slice of the Pentagon redone, we were supposed to move right back in there. But instead, somebody got smart. They said, no, let's do this. Instead of relocating somebody else, let's just, for the next section that we're going to renovate, let's just take those people and put them into the section that we just renovated. Yeah, sounds smart, sounds efficient. Mm -hmm. That section that they had just renovated was our old offices. So somebody's bureaucratic decision about moving the, uh, the administrative people in there instead of bringing back the judge advocate general people saved my life and a lot of other lives. Because if we'd have been in there, we wouldn't have made it. The boys that were in there were just dead center of where that jet went in there. So you were essentially, you were in the building on the day of? Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. No. I, I was not in the building. Matter of fact, I was on leave that day down in Florida. But <clears throat> just the fact that it should have been us. Yeah. And, you know, not the, the admin people. Because the admin, bless his heart, the, one of the high-ranking boys that was in there, <clears throat> they found him just a, as, as ugly as it sounds, like he was just a piece of charcoal. Mm -hmm. So that could have been one of my bosses, or could have been me. But, um, yeah, I was down in Florida, and it's a good thing I drove down there, because I couldn't have, couldn't have found a flight to come back. <laughs> the next few days, getting the flight was rather hard. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I had I had a friend who worked across from the World Trade Center as a, a tech guy for a law firm, and uh, I, of course, communication not being real good for the first day or so after that, we didn't know what had become of him, and uh, mm -hmm. he had basically gotten off the subway that day, saw a building on fire, got back on the subway, went home. <laughs> so, <laughs> good move. Yeah, good move. Yeah, it was a hard day. This was a day to change the world. Old Joe Bass was a tapocus, yes, a tapocus was he. He could freeze a man with just one look. It was a scary sight to see. He grew up a long way. 
his land And he didn't know one way To do the best you can Long, long, long do the best you can Dave was a tough old cuz, yes, a tough old cuz was he. With them long, long legs and that big top hat, the boy looked more like a tree than a man. He grew up the hard way, he was a self-made man. Just till the soil of your life with your own two hands. 